My mom told me not to talk to strangers on the internet, but I'm glad I didn't listen. We are the Certified Nunas, your sisters in the love of Asian entertainment. Hi, I'm Jesse, And I'm Natalia, and that's it. That's right. We're back, baby. We're back again. Shady's back. 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 Good, back again. <laughs> Hello, <Yeah>. friend. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think we just, like aged ourselves like we we, we just aged ourselves, ourselves literally every, every, every episode, single episode. Every episode so at this point if you don't know like if roughly know how old we are <laughs> listen, but this might be the first episode people listen to That's true. so just know that we're old yeah we're not like elderly but, but we're, we're we're old we're, especially we're in, our, 30s, in our our chosen entertainment field that we're yes, talking about we're <laughs> We're on the elder side. Uh, if you would, if you would believe of, uh, how you if you listen, <laughs> if if you would believe some of these uh, youngins, we got one foot in the That's grave. True. Which you I do realize, kids. I realize I do right now sound like I have one foot in the grave, but I don't. I'm just got a head cold. I mean, it's to be good. fair, we're always one foot in the grave. Like That's right. like who all is of us? From, yeah. from the moment you're born, you're one foot in the grave. And what a lovely sentiment to start with when we talk about this spoiler episode about the <laughs> show on Netflix Squid Game where literally everyone is one foot in the grave the entire show this is really um, great for us just in general because we're like the murder subunit too yeah so we we love a good really crime. on theme <laughs> we, lo- we love a good murder theme everywhere well, okay, as of the recording we were recording this on a Wednesday I just finished watching this on Sunday and so. Jesse finished watching it the day after it aired um yes uh, so um I I didn't re-watch it for this episode that's, that's okay. so I'm very you sorry if I like to. misspeak on get, things get misremember things. I might get Don't things worry. wrong I'm sorry again we like, told you my I'm old. My brain We're is old. not we've, old. We've, we've been very upfront about that we are elderly from the get-go. So like, this is really my, I should have probably watched it when it first came out. So this would be a slightly more timely episode, but eh, whatever. I but I didn't. So uh, I have a head cold. I do not have COVID. Don't worry. I, I am just, just sick. Uh, so that's why it's I sound. product of the, the temperature. <laughs> that time of year, you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I sound like shite, that's why. Also, like I don't. So it has come up once. We swear on this podcast, so so don't let kids listen to it. I guess, but at the same time, why are you letting your kids listen to a podcast about well, squid, squid game? game. <laughs> like that's on you. Like, <laughs> listen, just that's gonna be on you. Uh, to further uh, the little the little preamble here. Um, we will be spoiling things. So if you have not already watched Squid Game and you plan on watching Squid Game, uh, perhaps go watch Squid Game before coming here and listening to this. And if you have seen Squid Game, welcome. Cool. You're here to listen to us talk about it. Um, and if you haven't seen it, but you don't plan on watching it and just want to hear what we think, well, welcome to. We're cool. We're cool on yeah. all these sort of fronts. It's a show that's not for everyone. But if you're like, you know that like you're someone who like can't take violent shows, but like, you know, you want to be in the know, like all the cool Or maybe kids. you just really like us. And yeah, that's the case, either of those you. two things, you like, <laughs> welcome, we're going to help you like when they're all talking about it around the water cooler, but you just didn't want to watch it. 
we can help yeah, we can you make you like this. seem a little cool maybe to the younger kids in your office <laughs> yeah be out. like oh so you'll be like oh I, it's, yes that's squid game all the youth oh. like well guess what <laughs> we are here to help you with this so anyway we're gonna get started uh squid game what's it about what's what squid game about death so uh squid game is about how rich people are terrible the common theme in most k-dramas so yes a common theme in like sort of serious k-dramas like not rom-coms is that rich people fucking suck and you know what actually a common theme in rom-coms too is that rich people's parents tend to suck it's a common theme in reality as well that rich people suck so (laughs) basically this works out nicely so brief overview is that squid game follows this poor little sad sack whose life has fallen apart who is in horrible debt his ex-wife hates him moving his kid to the states his his mother thinks he's a useless piece of shit because he kind of is and then he meets this uh handsome fella on the subway very mysterious very mysterious uh handsome handsome dude uh known as the suit man by the way if uh you're new to the whole Hollywood thing and you want to know more about this handsome dude we recently just put out another episode all about him you should go check that out his name is gone you he's incredible anyway yeah. moving on <laughs> so he he engages them in a child's game of dakji where you have two folded pieces of paper and you slam them on the ground sort of like pogs it's essentially it is like pogs. pog yeah um and so again dating we, ourselves <laughs> we are so da- this is, this we literally is were cool. like yeah we're gonna explain it as pogs and probably half as the pogs. people listening to us are Listen, like what the fuck if you pogs? don't know what pogs are oh, <laughs> i don't i don't it's it's basically the game that you saw on squid game but <laughs> slightly different um anyway if the suit man wins like if he manages to flip the sad sack dudes over he'll slap him in the face and if the sad sack dude flips it over he gets 10 bucks so he really sucks at this game he gets slapped mm-hmm. many a time uh but he finally flips the other guys over he gets his 10 bucks and the guy gives him a business card and he's like oh if you want to come play some games and like make some money like this like you should call the number on this card just Just an innocent little offer (laughs) just a fun little good time so of course like he does because he needs the money uh and he ends and then he gets basically abducted from the side of the road like he gets into a van and then knocked out and then wakes up in this weird room with like 400 and i don't know what number was he like 26 or something anyway he was the last dude so there's like over 400 people and they're all like oh welcome to the games like oh we're going to play children's games and you get prize money it's going to be good fun like don't worry about it all of you are in debt and you've all come because you You need this money (laughs) so then they all like sign a contract there's like basically only three rules it's like once you start playing you can't stop playing you have to if the games can be stopped by a majority vote and then there was a third one but my brain is forgetting what it is but the, I, I don't remember at this point anyway those two are the most important is that once you start playing you can't stop playing and 
Yeah, the majority if you, vote. If, if the majority the... votes, the games will end. But and but it you know there's basically sort of a real like fight club situation like uh-huh. first first rule squid games you know talk about squid game outside of squid game so then they're all all of these green suited they're all in like green track suits and he befriends this really old man who's like oh i'm number one like i'm here to play the game so fun <laughs> and then there's all these pink suited guys in masks who are like okay don't take get your picture taken and come we're gonna play red light green light in this with this freaky robot doll so they're all like red light green light this is easy as hell this is gonna be the easiest money we've ever made so uh very quickly they find out that when they lose a game they get murdered which was really not in the fine print (laughs) when they lose the game they lose a life yes like literally it was really uh uh, not really made clear in this contract this is why you should read your contracts and not just blindly Um, accept them like just mm, it's not a it's not good it's not good so uh clearly things very quickly devolve and the murders begin you are introduced to a lovely cast of characters don't get too attached <laughs> that's uh that's that's my advice for anyone watching the show if you like a character <laughs> no you don't don't no you don't <laughs> no you don't you're allowed to like the main character that's it that's the only character you're allowed to like everyone else mm. Mm. and there mm. is like a little secondary story because uh a police yes. officer my favorite my favorite part of the show who, um had been looking for his older brother he kind of finds out about these games and mm-hmm. he decides he wants to infiltrate the games that like go yes. undercover so there's a whole side story that he mm-hmm. gets kind of into the games as one of the suited up pink soldier people yeah and And he keeps basically like working his way up the ranks by incapacitating other people and like sneaking around he's great he's great i'm sorry okay full on the table from the get-go i only really cared about the cop the entire time i was watching this i was like "Mm, i'm I'm really into this cop story i was more interested with the cop story but i was also more interested in the story behind the employees so therefore Mm. the cop story was interesting because he was the only uh, character to be able to show what was going on with the soldiers because he allows the viewer to be able to kind of see the behind the scenes Mm -hmm. of what's going on with the employees even though it's like not even like a a good amount of the percentage of the storyline but it was the the speckle that like it kept me me. it kept me going it left me there well i'm not gonna say that this show was bad because it wasn't it was a very well made very well acted well written show i'm straight up death games not really my genre Mm. okay um you know i like horror and stuff but it's like you know this sort of stuff eh, take it or leave it um but when you put a little mist you spin a little mystery to it well 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 i'm enjoying this like death games are not my genre per se and that like i would mm. be like oh this is my favorite genre in horror but yeah. they're definitely not my least favorite and they're definitely no, something same. i always watch so i guess they are my genre i don't know like i i had no qualms with it it was one of the reasons why i wanted to watch this series mm-hmm. in general too so 
yeah I guess we're finding out today that it is my genre and I'm not oh listen this is a, a, a self-discovery adventure today <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, right? getting, you're getting double the pleasure double the fun today. well I was also like really into it because it was the kind of horror thriller that I wanted I'm that's obviously I, why we're doing these podcasts together because we are the two that love this yes, kind of uh, genre but yes. like horror if this is your first time thriller. listening if this is your first time listening to us there's usually two more people but they are not into this sort of stuff so we do not force them to watch it mm-hmm. and so that you know just like I would not force Jesse to watch a rom-com <laughs> an episode with me we are that we are not we are not that cruel no. uh we we like you know to be honest like I would have probably watched this anyway because it does have Park Hae-soo in it as one of the main characters mm-hmm. and I really like him so he's the guy who plays if you've seen it he plays Sang-woo who is uh the ex-investment trader yeah. who embezzled all the money he's, he's the one that actor. the main character who is new um, in childhood played by E Jung Jae, um, mm-hmm. they're like the closest. So he's technically the second male lead if we're structuring yeah. it purely by what roles in entertainment this guy is. Mm-hmm. He's the second male lead. Yeah, he's he's not a good dude in this. He's he's kind of well. Yeah, he's like he's like yes one no. foot in, one foot out. I mean, like, is he a bad been... dude? Technically, I mean, like, he, if we just like, look did, at him he as he didn't need what to. he, okay, like, look at him not in the games sense, in the real life sense, it it does look like it because we don't get this mm-hmm. the backstory of every character on like really why they're there. We just know that somehow, some way, they're like mm-hmm. monetary means is essentially it. They're like down on their luck. They mm-hmm. may be going bankrupt. They may have like a lot of people after them for money or that sort of thing and he's one of the only ones that we actually kind of see what he does and he did take money from his employees and his like you know the people who invested on him so in that respect he is like a pretty bad person Mm -hmm. but I think in terms of the games and this is like the the overall like theme of the Mm -hmm. games this is like is he really bad guy because he's just trying to stay alive so like like he's doing is bad but it's essential for him to survive you know i would call him just a touch of a class traitor and the reason i say this is because he does things like he knew when they go into the second game which is where they have to basically cut out a shape from some dalgona candy dalgona candy is basically like honeycomb candy that's pressed really flat and then it has a shape in it. And then the game is you have like a pin and you have to poke it out. And he knew he had figured out what the game was because of the, there's a woman who was a North Korean defector who had gone a, gone a ventilation swimming to, to, you know, investigate. So he knew that was what the game was. Mm-hmm. And when he saw all the shapes, he could have told everyone to pick the triangle. That's true. I mean, he could have, I think like in terms of like, the games i don't see him as like a huge like mm-hmm. main villain of the story no um, no, no 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 i do the think rich, that like towards the end of it they're really pushing to for him to be the mm-hmm. the main villain and i wonder if it's just so that the who you, when you finally see who the people are it's like a bigger impact mm-hmm. to you but for me like in the grand scheme of things i would say he's a villain to the people a, in yes. the beforehand uh, but he's also i think I don't remember correctly and they didn't tell us everybody's past mm-hmm. lives. I think he might be one of the only ones who actually 
was like super rich and did something yeah. to the people that he worked for or you know yeah. who worked under him and then got into the games I think everybody else is pretty just like they were always in a low income situation yeah. and that just kind of you know through time and just life it got overwhelming to the point that they are because mm-hmm. I did find it interesting um while the age range of everyone is pretty drastic like there are younger mm-hmm. kids they don't have a lot of younger kids there's only a handful no. of younger kids it's mostly people in their like middle, middle age ages. yeah yeah which I think is a it was an interesting take on the show um especially because you're kind of see these are the people who really are down on their luck mm-hmm. and this is their they're last desperate last people. desperate piece of the, making their life work some of the backstories were so well done here's here's the thing that like if you're new to like korean stories like korean tv is that they know how to do a secondary character backstory so quickly to like get you into that character in like five minutes or less I don't know what is in the water over there that they could do like a second and tertiary character backstory with just so succinctly and so emotionally wrought Rhea really loves character driven things more than a plot driven story and you see that in Squid Games Mm -hmm. I think it's interesting that Squid Games got so big but it's mm. very clear, especially like for us who, this is what we watch. <laughs> um, yeah. It, Squid Game still follows every K-drama trope and plot yeah. line and everything to a T. It does not like yeah. stray away it from is, that. It is very within the like geographical tropes and themes that exist in a lot of Korean television and film. So if someone has has told you, oh, it's it's so different from all the they're lying to you. Yeah, they're really not. They just have never watched another K drama. Telling you (laughs) accurate information. And one of the big things that like Korean dramas love to do is that people are connected. There's always like Mm -hmm. either like some like birth secret or people are connected, they're lost loves, they knew each other when they were little. There's some sort of tie, which to me, for this this drama specifically made big spoilers not big spoilers at all yeah they, they led you right to it immediately so that's yeah. one of the things that I kind of found one, that like people who don't know about like k-dramas they got to live blissfully in that world mm-hmm. and I as a k-drama watcher was like I know who it yeah. is like no no first episode so Thanks. now for the big spoiler we're speaking of okay So there's a mysterious masked man who runs the games. He's basically the the manager who makes sure the games run. The announcer, the front man. He's wearing like a weird polygonal mask. He 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 makes sure all the rules are followed. Blah 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 blah. Okay, you never see his face. And um, long story short, it's the cop's brother that he was looking for. Which it was very really clear. <laughs> it was very um, clear that was the so end goal. <laughs> the only, okay, the only thing that surprises is that I actually forgot that the actor who plays him was in this. Okay, so I did note that that's the that is actually the big surprise about all of this. I only knew about Gong Yu's appearance. Okay, so I the see. only part, like when that happens, because you see, like 
we're rushing things, but really just watch the drama and then you'll understand. Like yeah. it gets to a point where like he's a you know going to like unmask to show that he's the yeah. brother, right? And <laughs> and unmasked. And the actor who I didn't even pick up on on who I it didn't was. Know he was and I it. literally gasped because of the yeah, actor, know, not because the reveal of it being the brother. Same, same. No, when he shows me, I was like, no. I was like, oh. and then my, my husband was, like, was like, what is there a big twist? I'm like, yeah, the big twist is that's like the most famous Korean actor of all time. That was like the big fucking twist is. <laughs> that, that really, <laughs> like, I was, I was, I was, for us. it was like, I watched, oh I'm pretty sure I like finished the series. <laughs> the day after so I think it was like a Saturday and I'm like sitting in there and he he unmasked and was like holy shit really yeah. I'm sure my neighbors were like what's going on over there I was like I'm like you know I'm like you know the guy from Mr. Sunshine and hundreds of other things anyway <laughs> so that was the literal only surprise yeah like literally if you look at this guy like listen so Lee Byung Hyun if you don't know him he is in so many things i'm like looking at his like filmography oh he well, was mr. in gi joe retaliation mr sunshine Genesis. is uh on netflix too yeah, mr. right sunshine now is on netflix but yeah so he's not he's not just in korean stuff like, yeah he's a he was in the gi joe movies for some reason <laughs> <laughs> it seems like it seems like a you know downgrade for him but like oh, literally if you into... look at his US. If you look at his award section it's massive like he, best, yeah he best is best literally best like best i don't even how like what right. i don't know yes. like western art or, or actors to like compare i don't know like he's the big actor here that i can think of he is so well known like, he, nobody would not know him like even if you've like never Michael watched a Keaton. movie like, like a yeah Michael or like Keaton a Mickey, yeah someone like that where you're yeah. it's just like household name so that's yeah. why it was like really shocking too I know <laughs> that was, I was like I was like oh shit <laughs> so like I was just sitting there I was like I know I'm supposed to be like shocked that it's the brother but like right now I'm just stuck like, on this listen, actor it's like listen we we knew it was the brother but we were just <laughs> stuck on who the actor was you gotta know that someone in the games was the brother and yeah then- the yeah, I mean, one, like, I was it, like, okay, that's it, the brother. It's Got so it. clearly because it's like such a like a formulated, perfectly planned thing. There's no way he kept on doing all this stuff, and like you yeah. see other things that like make it really obvious. Like people are scanned. Like there's barcodes on every single person. Yeah, because that's like one of the ways that they um determine who which person died which number is they scan the barcode and then like mm-hmm. it brings up their number and stuff. And I was like, there's no way. The person who's on top who's like watching from like cameras isn't like seeing that this is like a random person in their perfectly yeah. like integrated game i was like just no way and obviously we have to have the tie because like why else is the brother there than if the brother is not part of the games like come yeah. on <laughs> It, it can't just be like a random victim of the gangs because that's not a satisfying no. narrative story. That is not a K drama. No, that is, that not, is not how you this cannot have K dramas without some sort of like that would not crazy be a satisfying coincidence on two characters. To, to be honest, okay, so I watched this a little while after it first aired, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna be on a lot of the like uh, twists and turns uh, <laughs> had been very openly spoiled. So the, the old guy was your. Yeah, already. Yeah, I already knew about the old guy. It was pretty easy to do too because 
it took me a little longer than the brother because the brother like was instantaneous I was like there's no way this guy is like magically like getting in to this car and like yeah it's not something yeah the little guy the old guy was a little bit more but only like a you know maybe second episode like Mm. long because he was doing too many things and he wasn't consistent if you watched him he he never was consistent on his um too good to too bad ratio like if you watched him he's like when he was like bad or starting to like really um get you know sick because they start to talk about him having cancer or whatever it was drastic and it was like comically drastic and I was like well I don't know exactly how he is in the thing but I'm pretty sure he's just there as like this is is a fake this is a a, a red herring right here this is Mm. and we all uh, always know that the there's some sort of wealthy tie into it yeah. <laughs> too so yeah really knowing k-dramas kind of spoiled a lot of the like i yeah. think excitement that a lot of other I people f- had for this drama i feel for me like pers- people, like personally but I, like for for people who this was their first k-drama they would have gotten a lot more enjoyment out of yeah. it because you know they don't yeah. watch as much as we do yeah they don't mind you the, but then the again tropes. they wouldn't have gotten that incredible moment that you and i both got that's true we, showed up and we, we, both we, lost we had lives. that yeah they didn't have that just, at all we know that you for know a fact. i would actually like to applaud twitter for not spoiling that for me i would have because i watched them, it a good however, month I'm after like, it came out fairly positive nobody knew on our twitter who was they were so obsessed with Gong Yu that they yeah. like were like, yeah. oh, yeah, Gong yeah, Yu, yeah. and then um, uh, Lee Jung Jae's um, younger ninety self. <laughs> like that's yeah. what like the focus was on. But like no one said anything. So, but to me, it was like one of the the most shocking parts. Yeah, of no, this entire like, I'm thing. telling you, when Lee Byung Hyun showed up, I like lost my mind for a moment. I literally yeah. paused no, it. I was can't. like, no. He's also like no. one of the. He's just you look at him and you can't not think star like he's just yeah. drastically kind of shocking yeah. like gorgeous but like in that like middle-aged I, refined i am man either sort of way. a high official or i'm an actor like you know i'm like yeah one of god's chosen essentially <laughs> what, I sort of, <laughs> what i sort of loved about it is because since he wears a mask up until like the second to last episode i'm just sitting here like going through my mind like i was trying to figure out what actor it was because it's like okay so it's like a dude who speaks perfect english like i know younger. like in my mind i know that this the reveal of this dude is gonna be big but i did not know it was gonna be that big yeah i think because i was also trying to figure out like um if they were trying to do a like a flip turn I uh kind of assumed that the, who was talking and who they were showing mm-hmm. was not going to be the person that they showed unmasked mm. so if he was just there for like a cameo it was just that one day when they're filming on the cliff or whatever you know but, and that's but it. I do not but I do not believe I think it was him I, I have heard on the t- timeline so I don't I would not be able to recognize his voice especially mm. English because all he speaks like really and there is like English because a lot of the other stuff is done by other characters or like you know mm. automated stuff but I did see someone on the timeline say that they had recognized him from the name or from the voice so it's possible it is possible it is possible I don't think he was doing my, anything so yeah my husband's no really good at recognizing voices so if mm. he had known if he had known who the actor was he probably would have uh recognized it but uh mm-hmm. 
I was also watching it by myself, so Matthew would just wander in and out. So anyway, they make their way through the games, uh, getting picked off and picked off and picked off, uh, making friends along the way, some significant friends. As we said, don't get too attached to these friends. <laughs> um, we've got beautiful, sweet Allie, a symbol of racism in Korea. Beautiful, sweet mm. Allie, a Pakistani immigrant who is just treated like absolute garbage by everyone uh, around him, but who is a lovely, sweet man. And my personal favorite character. Of yeah, he's the, the best character. He's the, he's the best character. He's the best character. Um, so a lot of these games, like, you know, I feel like the point of like, you know, if we're going into the mind of the rich person, like coming up with these games, they're like, they're like, oh, you know, we just want to show how, you know, evil all of mankind is like they're just as depraved as I am because I feel like that's like a theme that comes out of these sorts of things where it's like look what anyone will do if they're like pushed to the limit those haha those dumb poor people mm. who literally kill you Ali does not do any of that he does not participate in that sort of he will literally yeah. try to save you and I hear Diablo about to bark right behind me I hear him doing his little tap dance yeah. routine. One second, one second. I think with his character in like retrospect to every other person in there, not just because he is not Korean. I think mm-hmm. he was the the main difference in the fact that the way he got in and was so drastically different than everybody mm-hmm. else because he really he was doing like he was low income but he was like making it work with his family right yeah and then something happens and he ends up killing his boss no no he he mangles his well he doesn't so basically what happens with him is his boss has not paid him for six months and so he goes to his boss and he says I need that money. Like you need to pay me what you're owed. And the boss is basically like, oh, if you're going to argue with me, I'll just call immigration on you. Like you should just be happy you have a job, even though I haven't paid you in six months. Like, so why should you be happy? So then the, so then the guy has the money on him. So Ali goes to grab the money that he's owed and he works at like a machine shop. And the guy basically gets shoved and his hand gets pulled into a machine mm. and he basically has a now mangled hand so Allie's now on the run he tells his wife get out of the country like you know it's gonna be problems and so he basically is trying to get money to escape Korea and take care of his family yeah so his, his is different in the sense that like everybody else kind of like you see is mostly like maybe failed businesses mm-hmm. um or um they touch on this like briefly because you do kind of see the background of the the main guy who i'm mm-hmm. gonna now look at the freaking name Lee jung jay his character is song gi han there was an event that happened actually in korea with uh strikers at a mm-hmm. car dealership or not dealership mm-hmm. a car distribution Factory. center yeah. um that resulted because of mishandling of things and basically the company being trash um, mm-hmm. resulted in a lots of, of like the death of a lot of the protesters and he, since he was first hand there and when it said he had a lot of PTSD um, mm-hmm. which then kind of carried on in his life where you know he got divorced he started gambling all his money and so he was like you know in gambling a lot of the other people had like failed businesses or they were just mm-hmm. drank too much and spent all their money that way that yeah. sort of thing so like even though Ellie had this like 
bad situation, he was like drastically different than everybody yeah. else coming into. And his was kind of almost so fresh. A lot of these people, it was just like a constant thing for years and years and years. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of an interesting thing to play with it, with his character. And then also kind of give you that look on the racism that happens within yeah. Korea. Uh, which which did at one point on the Twitter feed result in someone wildly misunderstanding the the writing of the character of Ali where they were like oh why is the only like brown person like walking around like you know sniveling and stuff and it's like well that's because he's been beaten down by Korean society mm-hmm. so that's how he thinks he has to act in order not to get abused yeah. um, it's, it was supposed to be a look at you know problems in Korea in sort of a uh, you know island of Dr. Yeah, it wasn't that they did it because they uh, were racist it was yeah because it was literally the, the opposite there. it was literally it was the opposite of a racist showing betrayal that, yeah. it was a look racism exists we should probably not be racist may we so that was one of you know the main big characters the other one was a poor little North Korean defector who was a pickpocket who got all her money stolen that she was saving to try to get her mother out of North Korea. And she had to leave her brother in an orphanage. And her life is very depressing. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh, her life is so depressing. And she was excellent. So the actress, Jung uh, Ho-yun, I believe this was like, was this her first? I think so. I think she's primarily think a model. Fir- I, model, yeah. That's what, I, um, that's what I thought. I also thought it was interesting because she's like super young. She's like maybe mid-20s, like mm-hmm. if that. Um, and it was a, kind of an interesting play because she was part of the last three. So, yeah, which was like the main kind of thing, because that was like when when it got mm-hmm. real. Um, but yeah. like I think it was interesting of like her being so young and being the female there against these two people who knew each other, too. Like, so you already yeah. had that and who are roughly the same age. They're very much the same and like kind of shows what korea is now because it's like middle-aged males run everywhere like middle-aged elderly you know that that's just what happens in societies um and so it's like an interesting take to kind of see her against these two people Mm -hmm. because she was so drastically different she was you know a female and she was so much younger that they literally probably could have been their kid either one of them yeah. like easily could have yeah you know that could have been the kid they didn't do that birth secret though <laughs> so no oh it's a shame you know that's a, had a classic it. so so evergreen they didn't but have enough episodes to do it that wouldn't that wouldn't really make sense it wouldn't you know you know who they could have made just a random secret baby at some point so in one of the games, they have to play marbles, okay? So you have to pick a partner. You never know what the game is before you start. So they'll be like, oh, pick a team. Oh, or pick some partners. So like before when they picked a team, it was tug of war. And it and worked so in their favor to have the it team. It worked in their had. favor to have, yeah. So in the tug of war, they assumed stupidly that the next time they picked teams, they would have to work together again. But no, because in the second time when they pick teams, uh, you have to play barbels against each other and whoever wins lives and whoever loses dies. And so the North Korean defector is paired up with this young girl 
um, played by Lee Yumi named Jiang. You don't actually learn too much about her backstory, mm-hmm. but you learn enough to be sad at the end yeah. of that game. So instead of playing marbles, they're just like chatting and asking about each other's life. Um, so the they're actually both the actresses are both the same age. Uh, they're both very, very one. Okay, so the one who plays the North Korean defector was born on June 23rd, 94. And the one who plays the uh, the person she plays marbles with was July 18th, 94. So, and they look like, as, the similar too. They had like yeah, the same they haircut. They like look. very similar. They did this kind of interesting thing where mm-hmm. the two were so similar, but like so drastically different on yeah. like different sides of like mm-hmm. this sad, depressing life you know yeah game that we're all playing so so this other character they just instead of playing they basically just get into a conversation where she's like oh like why are you even here and then you know uh Sebyuk, the girl from north korea explains like oh like you know my my mother got sent back from china and my brother i had to put him in in an orphanage and i just i really want money to just go to you know to buy a house and go to like Jeju Island with my brother and get my mom out of North Korea. And I, that's all I've ever, that's all I've ever wanted. And then the, the other woman's like, huh, I just, you know, I got out of prison and was brought immediately here. Cause I couldn't get a job and I had nowhere to go. Uh, and he's, she's like, Oh, like, what's your dream after you get out? And she's like, I don't have one. And so she's like, okay, well, here's the game we're going to play. We're going to throw this marble at the, at the wall. And who's ever closest to the wall. Uh, they win all the marbles. And so the girl from North Korea goes and she throws it and it goes a good way. And then the the other girl takes her marble and just drops it like a few inches in front of her. And then basically is like, I hope you go to Jeju Island. Like, I don't have a dream. So I don't, and it was so well done. Yeah, it really <laughs> it was, was like well the done. The most emotional part of the whole show and you barely knew anything and about this girl. And I think it was the single view on just the complete... Uh, like just giving up like and you could tell that like they were hinting towards it that like she had given up before she had even accepted the games um that like she probably was her like other option if she had not accepted the games was already Mm -hmm. taken in suicide um but I just thought it so definitively in her character alone showed the actual absolute of giving up because I think some Mm -hmm. of the other characters while they were at a like a really like probably their lowest point they mm-hmm. had shown that they had already gone through years of that and they were just keep on doing the same thing and they were you know older than her too so like yeah you kind of had this sense of like there was a little bit more greed involved with it um and there really wasn't with her it was kind of more of mm-hmm. like this was all I had and might as well yeah you know do something fun before it all ends and yeah so it might was like well a make really, a friend before the end yeah yeah it was a, like a really interesting look at those two characters too I think it was like nice because before you kind of had that girl she they started to like kind of pair up or like group mm-hmm. up a lot and so the the main characters were always kind of near each other and so it was nice for her to break free from all the males and be mm-hmm. with someone who was young and in, at this point she, that character wasn't a character you know we had not like heard about her beforehand really you know and so she had just shown up as a member of the tug of war team yeah literally it and so it was nice to have 
them kind of separate to get this like centralized story on them without the others it was just mm-hmm. it, it was really nice for both of those characters I think too I think you got more about Sabuck's character than you would have if yeah. she kept on being with the middle-aged men you know yeah it's important to note that something that we didn't mention that gives a little bit more substance to all these people in the games is that after the first game they do actually vote and leave the game so everyone leaves the games but their lives are so shitty on the outside that almost everyone willingly returns even after knowing that they will probably die yeah. this is after um, them like going through the red light green light and seeing people yeah. get shot down and like half the people being happens. killed off yeah which i which i thought was was a nice fascinating little twist mm-hmm. yeah um, yeah and then you know they of course they could delve into you know the show delves into things like you know the death like you know how mob mentality will cause people to do horrible things like for example they're they have like nightly riots where Mm -hmm. they will just straight up murder people you know there's like nightly nightly riots um that go down and like you know, people stealing other people's food, mm-hmm. uh, things of this nature. And then, so it's sort of played out in this strange sort of where the rich people who are, so there's rich people who are watching these games as a form of entertainment can be like, ho, 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 look how undignified and, you know, violent the, the poverty stricken masses are not realizing that that could, that, that they're doing the exact same thing, but a step removed. Mm-hmm from the problem which i think is like you know the overall theme is like yo rich people you are the problem with society and instead of you know being out of touch with impoverished people perhaps some empathy rather than seeing as a form of entertainment this sort of form of entertainment has existed for hundreds of years Mm -hmm. like for example in the victorian era the rich people would go you know, this is what's where slumming it comes from, where they would go down to the slums, you know, gawk at people dying in the streets rather than helping them. Like, oh, what a spectacle. Like, oh, this child who works as a matchstick girl is starving mm-hmm. to death. Oh, what a ghastly sight. Let us all return to our mansions. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, the basic theme yeah. going on. Um, what I think is interesting that the show actually does is they kind of take it to a different level because um, they focus on the fact that all of this starts when you're in childhood and that fact that the rich people have already contributed to making the people the way that they are yeah and it's not like they ever had a chance and I think they do this really well in Mm -hmm. some of the things that they do so like everybody's wearing the tracksuit and the tracksuit is like the gym attire that you would wear at school so that's why they're all wearing that um you see them always line up for things like you do in school the Mm child the games are childhood games and they're like to the point where these are the games that you're just playing to play on the playground they're not like you know childhood games that you specifically well for the most part specifically play while you're at school these are the like pastime games yeah I think everybody Mm -hmm. has like some variation of these games games and everything and you know there's like bright pinks and the like the bright greens that kind of like get into teals and that sort of thing and there's just like there's just a lot of like kind of 
childness to it the sets are very different like even like mm-hmm. oh, the red light oh, green the light set game design. Um, the which you set design see, on the show it's, you know you, obviously if you've seen the show or you have tiktok you know that like it's a little kid saying the red light green mm-hmm. light thing so like they really use this kind of thing where it's like the problem is and in lies in the fact that we are taught this at like the youngest of ages and a lot of us don't have, like, we just don't have ever have a chance to break free from it. Yeah. And, you know, everybody's like contained into one room because they can't break free of everything. Even mm-hmm. when they're like in a position to potentially win, they're still in this like, yeah, even when you won, area. you've lost, essentially. Yeah. Big spoiler alert, the main character wins. <laughs> didn't see that one coming coming. he's the only dude that makes it out alive and so there's a nice he's also the main character and it's clear he's the main character so very obvious he's he's the one who's gonna live um so uh at the beginning he's constantly trying to get people to lend him money because he needs money because he Mm -hmm. is poor and no one not even his best friend will lend him any money even after finding out that he needs it because his mother needs surgery won't lend him any money and then at the end after he's won so he has all this money that he never touches because he has severe ptsd from what he participated in um the bank calls him up different rules for rich people okay the bank calls him up and it's like hey like it's been a year since you deposited all this money and like you know we want to help you turn that money into even more money by doing this and he just looks at him he goes hey will you lend me 10 bucks and the guy's like oh absolutely and he's like, yeah, I need to take the bus. And he just like takes the 10 bucks. And it's like, now that he has money, everyone's willing him to give, willing to give him more money that he does yeah. not need. I think that was like a very sort of semi-subtle, but fun little tidbit. Yeah. And then also the fact that like, you know, he can't bring himself to use the money because he knows it's literally on blood, like, money. blood money and not like mm. so many people died and now he has it and he just can't like stomach using it on himself Mm -hmm. and his mother dies while he's in the game so he doesn't even need it for its intended purpose anymore uh, which was to get his mother surgery and then we come to the final scene where he finds out that the old man that he thought was dead in the marble scene he he played marbles against the old man and won uh thinking the old man had you know feeling very bad about the whole thing thinking the Mm -hmm. old man had dementia and thinking he was dead Finds out, mm, old man, not dead. Old man is alive. Old man was the the, the money bags on the whole game. Yeah, he was. Who the... basically wanted to participate in the game because one, yeah, he was yeah. dying, and two, he was bored. Yeah, he was a rich, so bored guy. He was a rich, bored guy who wanted to have some fun, you know, and watch the games just wasn't fun anymore because these games have been going on for years, okay? This is not a, a new thing, an ongoing situation. So he's like, you know, I'm going to die soon anyway. I want to like play in the games. But like there was a stacked deck because he would have never been killed no matter what he did. It was programmed in the games that he was going to live no matter what. So he has the main dude like send him a, you know, a little card saying, oh, come to this, come to this location, this thing. So he has him, you know, there's like a big window where he's in like a, a bed dying and there's a, a man outside freezing to death so a drunk guy is passed out on the ground middle of winter freezing to death so he's like let's play like one last game if anyone comes and helps him before midnight uh you win and you can kill me and if 
no one comes to help him, I win. And I'm going to die anyway. So that's just all the satisfaction I need is to know that people are terrible. And I was right that everyone is terrible no matter what. So they then spend this terse 15 minutes watching most people ignore this, you know, vagrant passed out on the ground, including uh, a young fellow walking up to him and seeming to try to pickpocket him. Oh, so he's the, you know, the main dude's like, oh my God, people, why are you so terrible? Can't someone just like help this mm-hmm. guy? And so right as the old man dies at midnight, the pickpocket, I say in air quotes, returns with the police to help this man. He wasn't actually pickpocketing him. He was making sure he was still alive. Yeah. Um, and so he's like, look, look, I won. Like I won. Someone came to help him, but it's all to no point because the old dude died. So he never even saw. And then the main character realizes this is all just pointlessness mm-hmm. and no one really won. And he lost most of all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a depressing show when, yeah. uh, when you really just lay it out that basically the premise is that um, you as a regular person are set up to fail mm-hmm. from the very beginning of your birth. And rich people have a vested interest in continuing to see you fail. Mm-hmm. because that enriches their pockets and gives and you are nothing but a source of amusement like the more that you you do the fight work against for them. them yeah the more that you fight against them the more that they enjoy it this is very much a strong critique of uh late stage capitalism um, despite what some conservative pundits uh on the interwebs have been <laughs> saying where they're like it's clearly about communism no clearly not no it's clearly not about communism it's literally not about communism nice try like (laughs) nice try bootlicker i see you but no (laughs) i Uh, see your level of education and apparently it's less than a poor person cool (laughs) yeah cool 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 cool. um you had all this time to get uh knowledge and chose to stay ignorant for what but i think that the like you know what over an overarching sort of vibe if we're going to talk with characters is that this show is telling you that what you should be as a person you know in a sort of strong sense where it's like even if it's doomed to fail Allie was still the best character on there you know right and it's like even when it was against his vested interest he tried to make sure as many people survived as Mm. not just him so that scene where he grabs like this iconic where he grabs the main dude's shirt so he doesn't fall during red light green light Mm -hmm. fucking iconic iconic also i just need to talk about the set design and the set designer absolutely of this show because while like death games and like you know this sort of stuff isn't really my top genre like i'll watch it i'm a sucker for beautiful set design and i know jesse is too because she works theater and the set design on this is fucking incredible. It's it phenomenal. It's so honestly good. this drama could have been terrible, and I would have mm-hmm. sat through the entire thing just to be able to watch what the set design was yeah. doing. It's just like it's like they're incredible. They're, it was, so I I did watch like a behind the scenes. So Netflix has a channel called The Swoon where they do like a lot of like 
behind the scenes stuff with a lot of their Korean shows. And so they actually had the set designer talking about it and she was just fantastic. And she, she knew her shit, but it was basically like they, she was combining like childhood art, like art that children would draw and art made for children and combining it with sort of an, an MC Escher style, like nightmare, like with pastels. And it's just, it's supposed to be confusing to people who are in the games and mm-hmm. also confusing to you as a viewer and it nails it. It really and then does. You find, really, and really then you find does. out there's like, you know, there's certain little things like every time someone dies, like they have all these massive, massive like scaffolding bunk beds in this big room where they all live um, during the games, but they will remove all the beds. And then you see that on the walls, all of the, like the games that they play are painted that were hidden Mm. by all the beds so that you would know, like if you had known they were there, you would have known exactly what you were, you know, going to do. And like even the giant, um, like the doll from the red light, green light, her design is based on like, there's a, you know, like a book for, from like the eighties that was like a, a school book to help like elementary school kids learn English. And it was like, sort of like a, you know, a C Jane and Dick mm-hmm. sort of style thing. And that was like one of the main characters was like vaguely that style. So it's like, it's really like, there a lot of thought was put into this show. It really was like, I, what I like found interesting on some of the sets like uh, so the red light green light set there's no top to it so it's actually mm-hmm. outside and yeah. yet it's still in a box and it's in mm-hmm. a box that they literally painted to look exactly like the sky so you can't actually see the line of where like the yeah. walls end um it just kind of goes into that thing and I think it's just like that alone just like the fact that they created the fakeness of yeah what is already there like that's already what you would see if you tore down those walls that's what you would see but they still created it so that even though you it looks like it's the thing the people in the games are trapped in a box because you know when you like actually are there you start to see it and then some of the things that were really interesting with the um the stairs you know the stairs that like just you know keep being a stair and like showing not only the contestants when they would go for like another game or food time or whatever, mm-hmm. um, but also the workers themselves. And one of the things that I think that the show doesn't highlight enough and it's kind of one of the lowest points for me is that you don't get a lot with the workers, but you kind yeah, of I see some intru- like hints on it being uh, something else because there's this one point when one of the guys gets mad at the workers and is like, who are you? Who are you? And the guy takes off his mask and he's like, I'm someone just like you and gets yeah. shot down immediately, you know, cause they can't have be a mask. And I think there was just like a glimpse of something that I really desperately wanted to see from mm-hmm. them and their side and why they were there. Were they just the lucky quote unquote lucky ones out of the the people who were in desperate situations or was it like supposed to be a nod to Korea does this and I don't know how many other places do it I'm I'm sure like every place does um they have like their work culture is like really big right but they also do these things where they um have like essentially campuses where everybody lives on and then they go to work and so they live with their co-workers and then they go to work and that's like their lives. And I didn't know if that was like supposed to be a play on that too, where, you know, you have mm-hmm. 
you know, these workers who all they're doing is doing the work, shooting these people, and then they have to go home and like go to their little like square cells and yeah. they're not leaving campus. And then also you find out that this whole entire thing's on an island. So they're completely mm-hmm. like isolated. Isolated. Well, I know that there's like some theories, but you know, theories are always unconfirmed and like the theory is at the beginning they're presented with a pink and a blue uh which is Mm. just like the little square piece of paper and so the theory is that if you picked the pink one you became a worker and if you picked the blue one you became you know a player this is an unfounded theory scenes like especially their Mm -hmm. scenes when they're um taking the bodies and incinerating Mm -hmm. them like it's just the workers in this like room with these like highly painted um Mm -hmm. caskets essentially and the room's like black and they're in in their uh like you know hot pink costumes and just it's beautiful it's beautiful stark imagery yeah like it's um though i i have like my own suspicion that some of these workers are perhaps uh that's not how it works because some of them even had like an organ harvesting ring yeah Um, i I just felt that they were just like regular there were people who called worked yeah they they found the job and you know they got placed in it I kind of felt like that especially because they seemed like they may have had to have a bit more of a better health situation (laughs) like they 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 seemed like they had to be in better health to be dragging around like not only the guns but like they were picking up people non-stop in the coffins and stuff and I just felt that like (laughs) they had to have better health than like maybe someone who is so down on their luck and hasn't yeah. eaten a proper meal in weeks. And I also kind of maybe got the like hint that these people have, this is not their first game. So they're just like mm-hmm. constantly going through games. So it's not like this group of employees for these people and that's it. I think it's just like, they're yeah. some of them are always there. Well, that would make sense because know. preparing for new games would be like yeah, they, like they're affair. probably like, I would there's management I had them research on all these potentials like yeah I mean they're so highly looked at because you see when the the police officer is like back in his room you see how like everything's so got there's so Mm. many cameras and the games are just so pre-planned in a way that I just don't think you would run the risk of that level of people with guns yeah, I, I feel like it would have been easy for them or like easier for them than the contestants to mm-hmm. overthrow the entire thing, you know? And so there's got to be this like kind of level of them just being a bit more average and maybe they're. Yeah. But we don't get to see it because we, and we don't know, we don't know the age range too, except for like, we see the one guy That's who gets true. shot and then we see a girl. I can't remember if we see mm-hmm. other people once the police officer takes off his head thing while he's in his room you see like a girl eating or something like so you kind of see that like what everybody's doing after their shift at work or whatever um but we don't get like a sense of like what type of people they are yeah it's an interesting show to be sure I it's one of those shows where while I'm not going to put it on my like top shows Mm -mm, okay on my top shows it is a very well-made, very good show. And I can understand why it became as popular mm-hmm. as it has. Now, the curse of the popularity 
but I need I think that we need to we need to mention this is that it's a bit of a double-edged sword because <laughs> now it's open for just radical misinterpretation and also people completely missing the point and using it to capitalize for yeah. their own gains um and well listen I'm gonna I'm just gonna say I'm gonna call them out okay I don't actually give a shit that Mr. Beast built the Squid Games and ran his own Squid Games. I don't. I, you know what? Friggin' Netflix Studios had their own version of the Squid Games that Eric Nam was playing in for fun on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, you know, it's not real. Like, these are not real things. Like, this yeah. is not a real, this is not a, a based on a true story thing that is like offensive for people to be doing. Mm-hmm. But whoa, Nelly missed the point. Oh boy. Yeah. And like we see that from I I'm not going to say their name, but you've probably already seen the tweet where someone just completely mm-hmm. missed the mark on it and was like basically praising him for get racking up these views. And you're yeah. like, but he racked up the views by stealing like art someone's art. And yeah. like my only problem with it, I think like you can do like it's fine. It's like whatever, these are fun things. He literally just stole like especially the set designer's work. That's all yeah. he did because he made the sets exactly like the set designers. And I think mm-hmm. that's where we should be focusing on. And the fact that through his misinterpretation, it's obviously causing other people to misinterpret yeah. the show in, in just in wildly different ways. And it's it's a very like weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. in, like you know, in one respect, it's like, it's whatever. If there, people are going to do this, they're all child gamehood games that we all know and play and stuff. And so like, it's fun it like we all ha- inherently like to do these types of things when it's your Is favorite it? thing you have like themed parties or you know you start a podcast about like yep. your favorite thing you know stuff that like, you like we all do this like so with that yeah. that part of it is not like what's I think damaging I think it's just the fact the way that it was handled some mm-hmm. there was a lot of missteps and I think it's producing a lot and especially because his audience is it, the age range that would not yeah. have been allowed to watch squid games so they don't even have a chance yeah. to figure out what the squid games message is on their own because they're too young for me it's not a top 10 of this year by far um no. i didn't hate it i did do a review on it on my blog right after i watched it mm-hmm. and one of the things that i said that it was like interesting how in nine episodes they not only simultaneously left me with so many questions but also it was too long and I think that like if we had been a little bit more tightened Mm -hmm. with things I think this could have been like a really good eight episode or even like a six episode to tighten with things I think it it bogged down on a lot of things I mean like obviously it shouldn't have been nine because uh, episode eight was like 25 minutes long like it it was pretty clear that they didn't have the amount um Mm -hmm. and I also think that they misstepped with some things or like focus on things that like I don't think really helped it was just like needless filler and I didn't like that it was set up to be a second season because chances are we won't Mm -hmm. get a season unless they like Netflix really like which I, I know they're hounding him for, but he had never like actually intended to do a second season. You yeah. can tell in his interviews, he's like, I just, I don't want to do that. It's also- uh, It's supposed to be left work. to your imagination, man. Well, yeah, and it's to, also you know... like his work that he's been working on for years because he actually started this project after mm-hmm. watching Battle Royale, which is a Japanese horror film that like centers around Hunger, young yeah. kids. And it's a, a 
one of these type genre movies, which mm-hmm. is, it's a phenomenal like yeah. horror film. Um, but he literally thought of this story right after watching that pretty much in mm-hmm. cinemas. So like what Battle Royale, I think is- 10 years or something? It's a really long time ago. It would have been tw- yeah. 2005, 2000, yeah. something around like that. that. So, I mean, he's talked about how he's like, you know, I had this like long amount of time to work on this because he had it and nobody was taking it. Um, mm-hmm. But like to pump out a second season, he would actually need the work behind it, you know, like the people behind it. It wouldn't be just like his work over that many like decades long, yeah. you know? Netflix doesn't quite understand the how great it is that K-dramas don't actually rely on multi-season structures. They really don't. They Um, they don't understand how it's great. And I think it plays like with like the just inherent goodness of Korean dramas and Mm -hmm. their focus on character growth, because you can't really do character growth really well if you don't, you're trying to plan something for you know eight seasons and to not get stagnant you want those characters to go wildly crazy and I think that's like part of the problem and we also didn't touch on it the scene where we find out that like the old the rich people are watching the games was Mm -hmm. I think yes I'm not saying this to be mean to the people and I understand that like people have reached out to those foreign actors who were working on it and I'm sure they're really great people they just we're not good. We're not good. But that is a, that is a common problem with K dramas. We're going to be straight up, okay? Yeah, and We're and I straight up like, and I know that it's like a difference because they don't like didn't have as much like direction or whatever thing. But yeah. like, well, it's, it's still very clear that they're not that my, good. My husband general. actually read read an interview with one of them, and he was saying that like he does very well being the random white dude in you know Korean shows and stuff. But the problem is that. They just give them these lines devoid of any context. So they have no idea why and they're saying the these thing. lines. I know as an actor, as someone who studied for decades mm-hmm. to be an actor, I may not be able to give my best work, but you still can take those yeah. and try to do something, especially when it seems like they're probably not going to stop you because they're just not caring. And yeah. so I think it's like one of those things. It's like, we just got to understand that they're not picking people who are talented. And that does not mean them terrible people I don't like it makes mm-hmm. when you say something like that people are always like you're being horrible about them it's just like it's the truth you know you, no. I'm like sorry you've watched doom at your service right yeah the, yeah, the foreign movie. guy that's the husband of the oh, aunt, Kevin? Kevin? he's part of the, he's one of the the guys <laughs> Oh, and, Kevin. and it was actually okay, you can so, tell he's not in, in that situation he's at the level he is in squid games like yeah you, you if you don't show me that I'm like <laughs> So the, this actor, like, I, so I watch the show that we're talking about. It's called Doom at Your Service. If you've never heard of it, it's streaming, streaming on Viki. It's a sort of urban fantasy uh, rom-com situation. Yeah. Uh, not drama. It's like not, it's, you know, it's fine. Um, not like, it's not remotely the same Anything genre like. as Squid Game. <laughs> no, 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 no. But um, we, we were watching it as a group. I was watching it as a group with some friends. And uh, every time Kevin came on, we'd be like, Kevin, <laughs> Kevin, raise it up for Kevin. Like, where they'd be having like family, like fa- they'd be having like family scenes, but Kevin wouldn't be there. We're like, oh, where's Kevin? No love for Uncle Kevin? Like, Uncle Kevin's the best. Anyway, this is a common, a common problem. I think it's just people not like, they're not picking 
people who are trained quality actors at the end of the day really it's like it we shouldn't care because this is a korean show written for koreans so like even the fact that we like care about it is not a good thing because we're trying to like it's not our entertainment about it i don't really care about it i just i kind of think it's funny like I think I the just, only I really problem love the bad actors. I just love them. Well, I, I think in this respect, the only problem that I personally had on it, it really derailed that scene. Like it derailed yeah. any impact that scene had. Um, and I think um, also one of the things that I kept on seeing, and I didn't see this a lot on the timeline, but I, I saw it a lot come up with mm-hmm. on TikTok was um, there's a scene where one of the guys tries to get the police officer because the police officer eventually comes into that area to like as one of the servers or whatever and he tries to get him to do sexual things to him and because it was so Mm -hmm. goofy and cringy it in turn that scene looked like the writer to other people who don't know korean stuff or anything like that or like are picking up that it was just like people delivering lines weirdly yeah it made it seem like he was discriminating against lgbtq essentially which which Um, is like kind of unfortunate because the actor playing the cop excellent actor by the way and i don't think that was the and he speaks english as well it really wasn't the intention great and that really clearly wasn't the intention but like i think that's when we talk about these things and mm -hmm. like when we talk about how they're bad these are the essential the, the points where it can lead to a bad situation or a bad interpretation yeah. not the intention at all that this writer yeah. had in that scene it was literally no. about the power struggle of these he was a rich guy and he wanted a blow job and he yeah. could get and it that from, person was you know available. yeah yeah and so that was like the attention of the scene and but it came off because it was yeah. so stilted in acting and also the writing was terrible if you're going to have english words you you should be getting someone to help you out on that yeah it caused an unnecessary thing to happen in the interpretation of that scene and i'm sure they could have found good actors oh i'm sure like i'm sure it's not that hard to find good actors you know what i mean and you know obviously it is the direction it is the casting's fault you know it's not just like the people with the lesser amount of acting skill like you can't really blame the actors too like yeah because as soon as i like saw that they were gonna speak english i knew for a fact it was gonna be yeah. goofy and it, like, kept up. <laughs> it was like a trope that like i already knew was gonna happen in this k-drama <gasps> and it like played out and i was like oh like the on. fact that the the person who sounded the most natural speaking english <laughs> in the whole thing was lee byung hyun a korean man whose english is his second language is the funniest thing to me because like he delivers his English lines flawlessly. He knew the assignment, but as we said, it is it is it is a well done show. So the downfall of this show for me, and Jesse, you're going to enjoy what I'm about to say, is the problem is that I started watching it after. I started watching another show that Jesse and I are both watching at the moment, which is streaming oh. on Viki, that is called Happiness, that has most of the same themes of this show <laughs> in a different format. It's not like a game. Like, it's not a game. It's, it's, it's the same themes of, you know, income inequality, uh, societal breakdown, people at their lowest points. 
but set in a pandemic style zombie apocalypse situation. And instead of being in some sort of fictional, trapped in a fictional game island, they're trapped in a very real seeming apartment, new apartment complex. And it is so good. Yeah. Look forward to another episode on that show (laughs) coming up probably in January. So it was like, I wanted to enjoy it more, but but I just, I just, I couldn't help myself. I just had happiness at the back of my mind and it's just so good. And I think that's, you know, that's like the the commentary on the popularity of this. And I'm not saying this is a bad thing because it's not like you should expect that. You can tell that the the popularity of Squid Games, especially with the international audiences, is Mm -hmm. because it's something they haven't seen because they don't watch like Asian dramas and mm-hmm. us coming in with the knowledge of, you know, having years and decades of yeah. like drama Very watching under vibe. us, we know that like, there are better put together shows than this. Yeah. And so it's hard. They when might you not have, have that Netflix kind of money. Yeah. When you have that kind of like backing of like a comparison, it's hard because you're kind of mm-hmm. watching all these people and you're like but you just you just don't know how good you have it because you you only centered on this one show and I don't I don't see that as a bad thing people can just watch this show and not watch any other Asian drama I mean I think you should because I think very viewing of different countries is pretty essential Mm -hmm. for uh, if you're into entertainment but it's not inherently a bad thing and it's just kind of like one of those things that you're like yeah it's that's part of the reason why because you're not picking up on this and I think you can see that when you talk to people who watch K-dramas and who don't watch K-dramas and see that they're like, yeah. it was good, but it wasn't the greatest thing, you know? <laughs> you, It's very clear. We're all picking yeah. up on the things that we're- We're coming at it from a very different uh, place. But listen, we're not saying you can't enjoy this. If you no. like this, good. We're glad. And we're not even saying, like, if you, you could be a watcher of K-dramas and think this is the best thing that you've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I don't want to diminish your- entertainment on that I never want to do that because I think no never 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 never, I think the the biggest thing that we always got to remind ourselves is that pieces of work and entertainment are not supposed to be for every single person yeah and it doesn't make that a bad thing it just makes that a thing you know and so you know if we don't pick up on something someone else might get something out of it you know a little bit more or they favor something more like you know for me I probably favor sector like set design more than the average person and someone else you know obviously would probably follow like I don't know they probably really like the the romance that's blooming between Duck So and Mean Young's character or something like that you know <laughs> or like following the bad what, guys wouldn't be me wouldn't be me but you know what that's fine that's and that's fine. a perfectly acceptable way to view this I think that's like the best thing about you know watching entertainment is getting something different yeah. than the person everyone else. gets something different yeah about things and that's you know and I'm I'm actually very you know listen I'm not one of those like hipstery like oh I only like things before they were cool no okay that ain't that ain't my scene I'm very happy that Squid Game became so popular and and I quickly hellbound that became popular I'm happy that I watched it like I don't yeah there wasn't a time that I was like oh man I like so wish I hadn't Mm -hmm you know and I'm and I'm happy time. that it, I'm, I'm very happy that it became as popular as it has because that means that 
uh, more people will enjoy, you know, Asian entertainment and find out why we enjoy Asian entertainment. And, you know, that was kind of your Diablo barking behind me. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and uh, I apologize if you hear my dog in this. Um, and, you know, that was, you know, our whole purpose in making this podcast was to share. <laughs> He's like, listen, I gotta speak. <laughs> the whole purpose of us making this podcast was for us to share something that we loved and we thought other people might love with the world. Mm-hmm. And thus we have. And so I'm, I'm actually like really happy that this and then Hellbound, which we also have an episode on, have become so popular so quickly because I think that this is going to uh, start a, a new sort of enthusiasm for international works that I feel like a lot of the West has ignored for mm-hmm. most of existence. And I understand that a lot of it is like, you know, with the advent of streaming services, these things become easier to, you know, find. And with the fact that it's on Netflix, which is, you know, one of the most commonly used streaming services yeah. worldwide, really helps with the, you know, dissemination of these sorts of shows. So I'm like really excited about it. Also, uh, another little shout out, if you really like Squid Game and you're wondering like, oh, what other shows on Netflix should I watch? We also did a whole episode about our recommendations based in different genres yeah. so uh if you like other genres other than this and you were like well squid game wasn't for me or maybe you loved squid game and want to watch more of stuff like that we got you covered man we got it's all yeah i think it's still it should still be on netflix those things things that go so quickly <laughs> and if also you're interested about things on other streaming services we have a whole episode about all the different streaming services though some of that information is now out of date yeah we should definitely so. do like a recommendation thing mm-hmm. per like streaming service i think that would be a fun episode i, I know, think like so we did too netflix i know there's a lot of lists that were like if you watched squid game you should watch this and really and the like only one like <laughs> yeah the only one like, that no. i could think of i was like alice in borderland yes they're the, the closest sure, of the two sure. but they're still like different in their own respect yeah but like everybody else was doing things and the purpose of that netflix recommendations episode was so you personally figure out this is the things that Mm -hmm. i like and kind of move from that because it's so drastic like a lot of people will be like oh you should watch this and it's never what i want (laughs) you know and so it's hard and you know recommendations are hard and in in our in that episode we also are very clear like that's with all four members of the podcast Um, We're all very clear about things that we like. So we even mentioned like, you know, Western shows Mm -hmm. that we like listening to. So then that you as the listener uh, know like, oh, this person likes the same sort of stuff I like. And so their recommendation might be more relevant to something that I would enjoy. So if that's something you want, that's good. So final thoughts on the old Squid Game situation. Final um, thoughts. Beautiful I, show, beautifully yes. filmed show. I'm glad it's, that it's, it's fine. I'm glad the director that I was it. able to, you know, put produce it because he had it for yeah. so long. I'm, I'm fine. Like I'm happy that it came out. I am glad that I watched it. I'm glad that it's mm-hmm. available for people. Overall, it's it's a good show. Yeah. What I particularly liked about it was that it did kind of give more interest to people to focus on Mm -hmm. other like Asian drama but also see a really great variety of Asian Mm -hmm. actors because everybody in this show are like 
people you see in regularly yeah. in dramas. Like even even like the little like has two lines. Like there's these two characters that are like a husband and wife who are both mm-hmm. on the show, and the wife is in like happiness. The other, the zombie. Yeah, they're, they're both they're all, Like it's all in like multiple things, people. and because of casts like this that are pretty huge, you get a good sense of the mm-hmm. kind of actor pool that you will find yeah. in other dramas. It's just a good show, and you know, it, even if it's not like your favorite show, there's there's stuff about mm-hmm. it that I think is sort of has a universal appeal. Which is, if you're, you know, you're not like my mom and can't handle any violence, um, yeah, this probably doesn't have a universal appeal. But for people who can watch this sort of thing, it really does have a universal appeal to it that I, I think that that makes it, you know, yeah, as popular as it has been. And coming from, you know, it being written and produced by someone who's not in your same culture i think that it's interesting that's to always see an that important it, thing that that so like many... it transcends culture you know, you know what i find interesting i just i just find it sort of funny that it's like well the uh the universal uh the knowledge that rich people ruin things for everyone universal <laughs> well we all know it. i guess we're all the I, same <laughs> i yeah, no, see i i find this is why i really love like you know people getting into more like international cinema because there's this really sort of uh false idea that somehow people are so different in different yeah. cultures like oh no they're not <laughs> no, they're I think, not. like like the show does this this like beautifully in the games um that like mm-hmm. some of the stuff that you have culturally other people have just in a different like font essentially <laughs> like, yeah and so like the, yeah. the games like when you're watching them like I played marbles when I was little mm-hmm. and then we were like we even said pogs for the the paper yeah. game there's, and then uh, like red light green light and there's just like some like things that were just like even if we didn't play them directly I think squid game was probably the only one that I didn't directly besides like dodgeball or something that I could directly yeah say was a game that I grew up on there's yeah. it just something like interesting to be like oh we did that kind of too and it was called this mm-hmm. and this is how we played it that's cool that we like kind yeah. of share the same thing just in a difference in like what we had accessible or you know that sort mm-hmm. of thing and I think like it does that really well that like you know bridges the cultures together in a way and it, it, I think that's great yeah. I think that's great so uh, if you enjoyed Squid Game, great, we're glad, welcome. If this was your first drama, welcome to the fold. If this is your hundredth drama, it's great to see you. We love, we love, we love you being here, you know? Uh, <laughs> Lizzie's here now. <laughs> oh, we got, oh. This is just a, it's a friggin' menagerie tonight, huh? <laughs> I guess they both watched while we were watching and they're like, I know, they were very passionate. They were just, they needed their, their thoughts to be said. Anyway, thank you for listening to our episode. Um, if you would like to listen to more episodes, you can go to certifiednunas.com, our website, where we will also have links to everything that we talk about here. And, you know, it's a good time, the website. We, we put a lot of time and effort into it, so we hope to check it out. Uh, we are also on Instagram and Twitter, as our, we're on all social media, but Instagram and Twitter is the, the big ones. We're always at certifiednunas, one word. We love hearing from people, letting you know what you think. And if you really want to get into discussion, we do also have a Certified Nunas Discord. For every spoiler episode we do, we have a little channel in there that you can 
spoil to your heart's content and not worry about people getting mad at you because mm-hmm. it is very clearly marked as a spoiler. If you like the work that we're doing here, bringing, you know, the hell you wave to the, to the white people, um, <laughs> people in the West, people in the West, you can go to patreon.com slash certified Nunas and become an official member of our certified found family. Uh, if you're new, you may not know what found family is. It's one of our favorite tropes. It's when people find family that's not related to biology in any way. Um, It's literally our bread and butter. Uh, So that's why we call all the people over on Patreon who keep us, you know, who give us, give us a little, little coin here and there, toss a coin to the witcher as it were uh, to keep us, keep this podcast going. Uh, We, we'd have little movie nights and little extras and all the stuff that gets cut of the episodes that are, you know, just, we meander quite a bit. It ends Mm -hmm. up on Patreon for, you know, for all the people to enjoy there um thank you for listening to us we hope you had a good time we hope you come back for some more Mm -hmm. and we hope you keep enjoying asian entertainment bye bye